0: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Jack Allen coming at you with another episode of Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter, Conspiracy or JC. And hey, here we go. Let's wake up. I want you to get I don't want you to protest i don't want you to ride i don't want you to write to your congressmen because i wouldn't know what to tell you to write i don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the russians and that crime in the street all i know is that first you've got to get mad you've got to say i'm a human being This episode today of Conspiracy or Just Coincidence was brought to you by MyFeed, trending celebrity news. So I don't know about you guys, but I, I mean, everyone's goal is to have the groundbreaking tweet that blows up, that everybody retweets because you were the first to drop some news on some celebrity that I'm not going to say their names, but you know who I'm talking about. For me, I never have any idea what's going on. You know, I'm late to the party, right? Well, MyFeed is an app that's you know in the you know the app store. You download, you pick which celebrities you want to follow, and it will alert you of everything: their social media, if they release new music, all of it. And I don't don't want to give these people any more energy and time. I refuse to even follow most of them on Twitter because I don't want to have them to have another follower of me and I don't want to see their tweets that piss me off. But my feed is the perfect way to stay up to date on what is going on. So you just, like I said, you pick the celebrities you want to follow. It alerts you when they do something. And hey, you could be the next person with the tweet that blows up. So check out my feed. It's in the app store awesome app and it helps you save time and be first to the news. And we're back with another episode of Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. I'm Jack Allen. Thanks so much for taking a listen here. If you don't mind, please follow me on Twitter. And if you can rank, whatever, rank the podcast on whatever platform you use, so many people have been messaging me such nice compliments. It's really In this uh, ever-increasingly depressing time, your compliments are so nice. They make me so happy that uh, you're enjoying the show, you're learning something. And yeah, it's just so kind of you guys to send me those things. So today's episode, we're going to do the Bush family. And uh, we'll stick with pretty much first, it's going to be a two-part episode, maybe even three. I meant to do this about Jeb and Prescott Bush. But Prescott Bush's whole, it ended up being nine pages. So I'll try and add Jeb maybe middle of the week. Cause he does, he's done some, he's just so corrupt. I mean like oozes corrupt. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, you know, Obama phones. And uh, if you guys remember that, if you were, again, when I struggled, I had an Obama phone cause I just, it was free. It was a free cell phone for you to use on. It was a free smartphone. It wasn't like an iPhone or anything, but it worked right. And uh, you just had to go there. They would be standing outside at like the welfare office. I forget what they call it. I don't think they call it the welfare office, but that you would go there, you would just give them your food stamp card and they would give you a free cell phone. And, uh, you know, at the time I thought, sweet, I didn't really use it, but I thought I could sell it or something. Well, the reason why track phone, that was the type of phone, the Obama phone was Jeb Bush owned like crazy stock in this phone prior to Obama's administration and his, And George Bush actually set this up. So uh, when Obama went through with the free cell phones, track phone, obviously, that's a government contract. They're getting paid millions and millions and millions for those phones. Good old Jeb cashed in on that. So I got a lot to talk about Jeb Bush and his corruption. But we will stick primarily here with Prescott. Things going on in the current events. I mean, it's like the same thing every week. We have Trump saying something, media blows it up, misconstrues or misquotes. There's outrage. And uh, there's, you know, in the next day, it's going to be the same exact thing. So it's just, you know, I try like my best to keep informed, but not to, I especially never click on Trump's tweets because all those bots like uh, Mrs. Krasenstein, whoever, I don't even know who her husband is. And like that other guy you know who I'm talking about, or the doctor, the Asian doctor guy. I just like, it gets me so aggravated. I I wonder like if that's actually people or is it a bot? Cause, but anyway, yeah. So there's protests going on in Portland. Last night was actually the first night that it was calmed down because they cleared out the, um, the park where they're at. But if you didn't see, there was one kid who threw a bomb a few nights. It was like a pipe bomb or a homemade bomb. And you Know they wanted to catch him, he but the way they caught him was from uh 4chan, the internet sleuths there found his mom mm, commented or recommended the vest that he was wearing on whatever the, she got the west the website from, and they found it, notified police, and he gets caught. But and that's like gonna be some serious time, you know, throwing a bomb, but it, it's just crazy what's going on, you know, how the. The police are like, I mean, I'm not no fan of like militarization of police at all, at all. But, you know, like they're basically fighting with their hands behind their back. These people are just destroying Portland. I, you know, that West is like lost. Honestly, I sometimes things just succeed to see that 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 area because it's so liberal. I don't know how people live there or how they support there. I would be furious. I would move, you know, but I don't know what type of people live there. But anyway. Uh, there has been some hearings. So we had the Internet hearing where, again, like the GOP, you know, they're just they they like don't even know how the Internet works. And Jim Jordan, and Matt Gaetz are the only two that stand up. Our whole GOP is just such a goddamn embarrassment. Um, you can tell that they want to just placate their base and not actually do anything that helps us. You know, they're so concerned with power. They're so concerned with not being beat up on the media. So they will never align themselves with Trump, never support him, except for like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, And uh, just like today, Jim Jordan was calling out the hypocrisy of Fauci. And, uh, you know, about, he, he tried to get him to talk about the protest, how that was spreading Corona, but Fauci wouldn't say it. And just, you know, we people can't go to church, but you can, you know, have a dance party at one of these protests. It just makes no sense. And you know, when the uh, patriot people were protesting about not being able to get haircuts with the lockdown and stuff, you know, they called them grandma killers. And now, though, a million people come together for a protest, and it's it's fine. Corona, you know, there's supposed healthcare workers clapping them on as they walk down the street. You know, it's just like craziness. And I hope I like I I. I think that if the hate for the right is so strong, you won't see this hypocrisy. But if you're a rational person, you will see that like, this makes no sense. There is an agenda going on here and you know, it's totally not fair. But just like that with the internet, they're silencing more and more patriots like Tommy G and, uh, from the no mercy pod, they kicked them off Spotify, all that stuff. It's just, but you could talk about, I posted it on my Twitter. There was Twitter, like, uh, Twitter names, whatever the, these pe- these people with they tweeting like violence about burning, killing cops, all those things. But those, those are fine. Those they, that doesn't make it matter. But if you're talking about celebrities who might have some nefarious ties, you're going to get kicked off. Or you talk about hydroxychloroquine, a doctor talks about a, a medicine that gets silenced. You know, it's just crazy, just crazy. But what can we, you know, what can we do? Our GOP bear, doesn't stand up for us. So I don't know what the answer is. But um oh, last thing that might make you laugh in the do you got if you guys don't follow Andy Nagao or whatever, you should follow him, but he cuz he covers the Antifa and all that stuff really well. But, you know, there's that wall, the infamous wall of moms and yellow shirts, which I'm sure very few were actually moms. But um they were linking and protecting the the i guess african-american protesters and antifa guys that were like actually doing bad stuff but uh they got in a fight disagreement with stand-up pdx which is like another i don't know a shell of antifa and uh, they called them that they were anti-black because there wasn't enough african-americans and native americans in the wall of moms and the wall of moms made themselves a 501c and uh i don't know but it was just funny like the left continually eats itself you know, or they're just a total hypocrite, but predominantly the left will always keep eating themselves these radical left. But, they, and they use this as a reminder whether you are a Q person or, or a flat earther or not, or space is fake, or even not a Trump supporter and not a believer in the Q movement, you can't eat our own. Like, everyone that does this in this group is intelligent enough to know that the mainstream story is lying to us. We are all on the same journey. So, Support and listen to each other. You know, I don't want, like, when people tell me a theory that I might not agree with, I listen and think and see if and try to remain unbiased as possible. But we honestly need all of us in the true seeing community, especially over these next three months. It's only going to taxes will only increase and uh, don't need our own. So let's get to my Bush podcast series. So today we are going to talk predominantly about the history of the Bush clan. Like I said. So Next week I'll do W and uh, but the other Bush. But I just also wanted to start by saying this: I do my very best to only speak facts in these podcasts. I'll, sometimes I will speculate and let my personal beliefs cloud what I say, but I try not to. So all the things that I'll talk about in this are can be proven, or footnoted, you know. So I just want to preface that because I could really like speculate into the Bush family, and I will touch on like my opinion, but. Just so you know. So all these facts, if you ever wanted to get in a disagreement with somebody, these all work and are provable. How about that? So so information I can prove about the ancient history. Basically, they are from Germany. Many sources, and this is speculation, they have ties to, to monarchy. And um, as far back as 1200 AD, the Bush clan had political power. I cannot specify any more familial ties than that. And I have heard stuff like they go all the way back to the biblical times. I don't doubt it. But powerful families are in power because they've been in power for so long. And most powerful families like the Rockefellers and such, I believe they have had power like before written, you know, in ancient Mesopotamia or Khazar or whatever. And um, they just are under different names. So I assume the Bush line is similar. So let's talk about provable history. They came here over before the revolution around the 1600s there's a bunch of bushes with little info but we'll start our story with Samuel Bush he is not the he was the first not the first corrupt line that I'm that I'm positive but he is the first one where we have plenty of evidence and proof to show his corruption so born in 1863 New Jersey he was son of James Bush who was an Episcopal priest he attended Yale in the 1850s which is a pattern we will see frequently grew up in new jersey spent most of his adult life in ohio in 1888 became he started working at a railroads operation company where he had six children which was prescott who will be into. and uh, he keeps getting promoted moving up the chain in the railroad world and then he makes a career change kind of he goes heads into the steel industry so he goes to buckeye steel he becomes a vp of this company second to the wonderful frank rockefeller younger brother of oil tycoon john d rockefeller who eventually steps down and samuel bush becomes president bush holds his position until 1928 and uh, samuel was on the federal reserve federal reserve bank of cleveland as well while having this steel company and uh, he's getting his steel company is getting bigger and bigger and bigger they're making train steel couplers, which I don't know what that is. But I'm sure I think it means to connect the trains. But I, I could be way wrong on that. He was also the director of Pennsylvania Railroad divisions, like in the, the Midwest. But Buckeye Steel was a growing, huge company. It had huge clients, one like the, fi- the famous E. Edward Harriman family. So Edward Harriman, he was, I'm sure you know that name from railroads and from the royalty of America. He was born in 1848. Also, the son of an Episcopal priest, which is an interesting or weird coincidence. I don't, I have to dig into that more. But Harriman's family at this point was already like the Royal America, you know, they had Mutual Life, Bank of America, New York Guarantee, Her- and just so many, they're already just killing it in banks. So, Edward Harriman at this point marries the daughter of Avril, of last name Avril. Who also had a railroad, and that's where you get Averill Harriman. But we'll get into that. So, already we were seeing like this combining of power and powerful families. And uh, was this just like the time, like the product of this time? Like that's what they did. They wanted to consolidate power in between families. But I don't, I don't think it was. I think that these same powerful families have been breeding with each other forever. We will get to their obsession with eugenics. But for so many theorists, they talk about, you know, there's something special with these powerful families' bloodlines, and they always seem to marry within each other, Whether and then they hide through adoption and all these things. But uh, just interesting that Harriman marries Averill, and that's the Averill-Harriman line. Um, George Horbert Walker, who was American royalty, and you're going to know this name very obviously Walker, but, but, anyway, sorry, George Herbert Walker, who was also American royalty, his family had the largest dry good importing business in the country. George Walker also got, of course, the next step is get involved with investment banking. And, uh, he became an advisor to JP Morgan company. So he, there is a, he also human he advisor JP Morgan, each chairman. And, uh, he also worked with a St. Louis millionaire businessman, Robert Brookings. And, I'm saying these names and I know there's so many names I'm throwing out last name and then I'll connect them all. I tried to write this as clear as possible. So, and there's a an, so we'll remember Walker, uh, there's another player Bernard Baruch and he had like offices on wall street, Paris, London, and Berlin. So I'm going to connect all these names. So just try and, you know, follow me. So we have Samuel Bush, George Walker, Edward Harriman, uh, rockefellers and baruch okay so war one World war one is starting america is staying out of it amazingly back then we didn't want it, anything to do with european wars at the time the american people did not want anything they wanted to stay out of it the wet like a libertarian great idea just they are having a war doesn't doesn't include us but these powerful people they knew that money was to be made so baruch was asked by woodrow wilson to be the chairman of the war industries board which controlled industrial industrial establishment of the country during the war years so they like steel you know all that stuff so buckeye and sam bush changed their steel for making train parts to manufacture rifles and rifle barrels for remington arms remington arms was of course owned by the wonderful percy rockefeller so Bush was asked to also be on the War Industry Board. I'm sure there was no conflict of interest there, him making weapons, that he's on the, the War industries Board choosing. But, and then J.P. Morgan got picked by the British Crown to be the agent for purchasing war supplies in the U.S. And in this time, in 19, early 1900s, 1900, 1917, it got to be, th- at the end of the war, $3.2 billion were spent by the Allies. The War Industry Board had profited over two hundred million dollars, which, if you like, inflate that now, I have, I have don't at least be a billion, right? So Rockefeller and Remington piece produced sixty-seven percent of all the rifles in the war. At this same time, um, you know, World War One's going on. Prescott Bush, son of Samuel Bush, he's at Yale, joining one of the most secret societies in the collegiate level, possibly the world, Skull and Bones. Bush was also joined by Edward Harriman's son, Ronald. So you see Bush, Harriman, anyway. So Prescott, he was a big guy, 6'4", 225. His kids even said he was abusive. He was a corrupt warmonger, basically like a a Genghis Khan or something, right? So this group of aristocratic Ugh, American, many were in the Skull and Bones group. It basically picked these intermarrying power family sons, and they joined it, the group, and it was like a breeding ground. And then they would work in Wall Street banking, war goods. They would just cor- go go in a line of work that was corrupt to manipulate, take a, uh, you know, take power, or take uh, goods from other countries. So. This happened with this, just like this happened, the same thing with this generation of bonesmen. So Ronald Harriman and Prescott Bush, they joined Brown Brothers Harriman, the world's largest private investment group. And so that's just so you know what Prescott is doing and other families, but we will go back to Samuel Bush. So during this time you had uh, steel, weapons, banking, all controlled by the power families. And they lobbied just like they did today to make sure that they were the contracts that were chosen they wanted to make this war huge right making hand over fist they learned this tactic in the civil war during the civil war these federal private banks kicked out the state level free banks which we would have kind of like today if not for the fed and free banks that were still around in the middle before the middle of the civil war Um, each state had like local bank notes that when you join the group of banks, they, you would you know be included in the club and giving the people of your state certain notes and it was value was backed by the national government bonds. So was, there was no tax on all the money printed, no Fed charging us more money than that is actually in circulation, all that. So uh, during the Civil War though, J.P. Morgan's National Private Bank funded both sides of the war, saw the promise of what would happen with a huge war. And these same families made it happen even bigger on a bigger scale during World War One. So America gets dragged into World War One through a false flag. They said like the Germans suck. I think it was the Licitania, which was a civilian ship, which the Germans did sink. But it was actually like the Americans antagonized it to happen. Uh, it actually had all these ammunitions on it. It was basically like a warship moving uh, arms. And uh, But the papers lying Woodrow Wilson lying said it was a bunch of civilians and now the out the America is angry we got to go you know um revenge these people these innocent people that were killed so because of that Great Britain now gives the purchasing power to something called the Allied Purchasing Commission which was basically the war industries board so lucky for Bush right Harriman wants to get in on the war action with his buddies making the choices of what to buy. So he starts making warships in Philly instead of uh, railroads. Harriman also gives Russia a $325 million loan. How kind to buy goods from all his buddies, right? So he's giving money to Russia, and they're just going to give it back to Bush, Rockefeller, you know, all these people. So Bush obviously maintained these corrupt relationships when he was over, but Prescott needed to beef his rep up. So he enters the war before it ends, and wouldn't you know, Prescott is a true American hero. Here is the story. Read all about it, right, in the Ohio paper. Bush standing next to three Allied leaders when a shell fired from an enemy position. It was coming right for them. Quickly, drawing his bolo knife, he stuck it in the air as if it were a ball bat. The shell glanced off the knife, causing it to change direction and save these generals' lives. That was literally the quote that was in this paper, like, like he's some superhero. He just sticks a knife up in the air and blocks a bullet, changing the direction. Even then, the rich people could pay for the media to lie. Maybe even more than now, honestly, but I probably not. I, I don't know. Regardless, his own mother eventually has to come clean and say it was a little dramaticized and Prescott is the laughingstock. He decides to go clear his head at Skull and Bones reunion. So in 1919, when he goes to hang with his boys, one gives him a job at a railroad in St. Louis, and Prescott hightails it out of his Ohio area. And in St. Louis is where he really begins his tradition, the family tradition of pure evil and corruption. So at this time, the evil other actors are wheeling and dealing. Harriman and George Walker create a new Wall Street investment company with Percy Rockefeller as the director. And Walker and Harriman at this time were one is is over and they decide to invest in a german steamship line and then oils to help build up germany peacefully they knew that there was money in this so at the time george walker's daughter is also conveniently living in st louis dorothy walker she meets this charming uh, fellow prescott bush of good stock which is like the quote they used and in 1921 another breeding of super american families super not in the sense of amazing super Powerful, and just like they've been doing since like the days of royalty, Game of Thrones stuff. Powerful Walkers marry the powerful, but not as powerful Bushes. So Dorothy and Preston have their child, good old uh, George George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, Such like a ostentatious last name, four words. If you have a four word last name, I apologize. Maybe I'm just being tough, but anyway. So uh, Prescott and his buddy Harriman, they get a job. Prescott and his buddy Harriman, the Skull and Bones buddy, get, him, get a job at U.S. Rubber Company in NYC. Obviously, they're not actually, like, making the rubber. They're like, you know, you know that. Anyway, so Prescott, uh, Prescott's, uh, you know, stock is raising, and his dad is still at the Buckeye Steel Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland. And Prescott and his gang of goons realize how much money can be made in rebuilding of Germany. The ships of Harriman were pretty much running Germany at the time. And Harriman opened the headquarters in Berlin, doing biz with Germany and Russia. And lucky for them, Russia has their Bolshevik Bolshevik revolution. Um, And who is that funded by? Oh, that's right. It's funded by the Rockefellers and the Harrimans and the Carnegies. But again, that's another, uh, another story. So Russia's oil industry is decimated from the Bolshevik revolution. It's totally trashed. But do not worry, the same man that funded Trotsky and Lenin, um, like Harriman, they, uh, they would help, they would loan you money and build up your oil again for you. So the lovely German helper crew was Harriman, Walker, Bush, and another famous name, the Dulles brothers, who were the lawyers. Allen was on the CFR. He helped, helped negotiate arms limitations with the League of Nations meeting, and he met Hitler and Mussolini in this meeting and Alan eventually makes the OSS the CIA. I might say that later again, I apologize. harrimans they keep investing in Germany. They set up a bank in New York to serve German's Thyssen steel interests. They purchase one third in German owned coal and zinc mines, cable lines, and they hid all these purchases through smaller Harriman companies. One was being the Celesian American Corporation. And uh, it was in Poland, coal and zinc, i'll connect these things as well so you see the deep state or illuminati like players and bankers which eventually become ci affiliations and you know like you see already they're setting up like a shadow government deep state and many of the first oss and cia were also bonesmen Um, basically these banks they're like using that for intelligence gathering And it's just really setting up like our deep state, not that it wasn't organized before, you know, Illuminati in 1776, but I really think that the deep state and the, you know, these secret society families are really gaining power in these, right around this time, right? So Harriman and Bush, they combined with the Brown brothers and they formed the largest, oldest private bank in America in 1931. And of its members, 11 out of the 16 were Yale graduates, and of those, eight were Bonesmen. So just to get an idea of Brown Brothers, ties to history, uh, you know, another powerful family, they fueled the American slave trade back in the 1860s. So right there, you know, a solid family. They were also in the business of what's called dollar diplomacy. They would give these horrible loans to areas rich with resources like the Caribbean, South America, you know, uh, Costa Rica and knowing they made these terms so ridiculous that knowing the country wouldn't be able to pay it back. And then they would come in and take their land and resources that the company, that this country had. And they would also use their political contacts to send in the military if needed, you know, later in time. So that's basically the Brown brothers, you know, fits right in with this group of other, with uh, their group of buddies. So Bush and Harriman, it becomes Harriman and Brown brothers or Brown Brothers Harriman. So by 1933, Hitler was clearly building an arsenal, and this was going to be bigger than World War I. And these bankers wanted more in on the action, right? They just can't help themselves. So they set up a series of banks and corporations and industrial firms to help fuel the German war machine kind of like secretly. So Brown Brothers Harriman, Prescott Bush, they were there to help the German war machine. At this same time that they're kind of setting up the you know, investing in Germany, building up Germany at the same time, the Nye Nye committee was going on. So right now they were investigating the father, fathers of all these like men, their dads like Samuel Bush for help funding. They were um, investigating them, how they got rich and they like help funded the, you know, the war at the expense of 53,000 lives. And this is where the name, the merchants of death was coined. Sam Bush was called a merchant of death. He supplied 75 percent of the weapons on both sides of the war. His father, Prescott, his father was possibly going to be charged with trading with the Enemies act. And while this same time, his dad is in this committee and getting, you know, killed in the paper, his son Prescott is doing the exact same thing with Germany. And this, this like alone speaks so much volumes about these two men. They they are not. Um, Americans, they are not brave, they are anything but a good man, they're truly evil, and whether that means they're like reptilian or Illuminati, you know, it just they're disgusting. Like, the, the, the son is literally doing the same thing as dad is on trial for. Just like, this is how I know that these people aren't like us. You know, people can't, that's what people struggle with with conspiracies. Like, I would never you know, abuse a child. I would never kill somebody and torture them, but these people are not normal. Like if it's just greed, that's what they have. I don't, I can't believe that because that greed is willingly killing thousands and thousands of people, right? But regardless, Prescott Bush became involved in with what would become known as the Hitler project with the help of Fritz Thyssen, Frederick Flick, George Walker, Averil Harriman and the Dulles brothers. So Germany is a significant thing. One, Bush's like the actual location. Bush's family line is German. Skull and Bone Society is a German secret society. Back before the Civil War, a Samuel Russell, another 13 bloodline of the Illuminati, owned a banking established along with the largest opium smuggling operation in the world. In 1831, Russell went to Germany to study at Berlin. And in Berlin, they were trying this new way of thinking. It was called the scientific method, which had people, instead of like obedience to each other or to religion, they had full and total obedience to the state. That was number one. And Russell went to the University of Berlin and found himself becoming a member of a super secret society, the German Order of the Skull and Bones, the Brotherhood of Death. It is also interesting to point out that the was, Illuminati was started in 1776 in Bavaria, Germany. And uh, Germany has had, had uh, Helena Blavatsky's Theosophy, uh, the Knights. Ugh, I can't remember right now, Hitler. But basically there's just all this occult-like groups, occults and cult pra- practice going on in Germany right now. And I can only speculate, but so far in my truth-seeking journey, I'm sure some of you are farther along, but I guess skull, skull and Bones is probably like a college of the Illuminati, right? They uh, see some prospects, they, you know, they raise them, you know, they're learning in college, they have these connections, and they basically get bred for like banking, being war criminals, and uh, the Illuminati realize in order to maintain power they need to recruit younger, thus Skull and Bones. And I could be way off on that theory. I'm sure some people have really dove down it. But at bare minimum, it's like a first recruitment center to see how far you could push individuals, in my mind. So regardless, Russell was in Berlin, along with Alfonso Taft, father of President William Taft, and 13 other privileged Wall Street children, started the first chapter of Skull and Bones in America. Thus, Bonesman had this like uh, loyalty or belief in Germany. And that was obviously taught in their group, you know, loyalty. So these bonesmen at Harriman, Brown, and Bush wanted to be on the winning side regardless of the winner in World War II, and they might have even wanted Hitler to win, you know. Thus, they kept building his war machine. So the German steel magnate Fitz Theis, Fritz Thyssen, who was German Skull and Bones and Illuminati, Illuminati of Bavaria, in 1924 he met with Hitler by he met Hitler by Rudolf Hess, who's you know Nazi SS guy, and uh, he saw him as Germany's savior, and he financed the the Nazi Party. So Thyssen controlled 75% of German steel. His bonesman buddies in America set up a bank for Thyssen in America secretly in 1924 using a Dutch bank. And they acted as fronts for the Nazi and Thyssen to launder money that could be used to buy guns, arms, political favor in America. So the banking that, you know, the Hidden Bank account started in 24. And in 1929, the Rockefellers donated $10 million to help Hitler because they they were in debt with the French because of like those crazy at the Treaty of Versailles, or what was it? I, you know what I'm talking about after World War One. And they're in so much debt to the French that all the banking bros in America were hemorrhaging money because of Germany's debt from World War One. So Rockefeller gave 10 million, then he gave 15 million, then he gave another seven million in 1933. So by the end of the twenties, George Walker and Harriman firm sold fifty million dollars worth of German bonds to American investors. And uh so Harriman and Bush, they're making a killing on Germany and like selling, you know, the bonds, all they all these guys are making killings. So Harriman and Bush decided to create an, a front company called Harriman 15 Corporation. Harriman 15 owned one third of Cilician Steel Company uh, as part of Thyssen. And in 1934 is when Hitler came to a full stride and Thyssen and many German companies were just exploding with cash. Banker brothers, like all these banker bros, were in pro- pockets were swelling to a whole new level. The Dulles brothers protected Bush and his buddies via the law and helped them hide things. Eventually, Hitler invaded Poland, Poland, whoa, and created the Auschwitz concentration camp. The reason Auschwitz was picked was because there was large coal deposits on the concentration camp. Who? was part owner in that coal slash concentration camp, Harriman 15, the lovely Prescott Bush. So with free labor, Prescott was making hand over fist with this labor camp, concentration camp. And uh, these power people, like they think they're totally untouchable, and sometimes they honestly usually are. In 1942, the Fed charged Prescott with running Nazi front groups, you know, it was found out. Bush and co. produced 50.8% of Germany's iron, of their universal plate, 36% of their heavy plate, 45.5% of Nazi pipes and tubes, 22.1% of Nazi wire, 35% of the Nazi explosives, and 38.5% of Nazi galvanized sheets. You know, these men, they fund both, like they literally fund both sides of the war. So uh, Harriman, 15 assets were seized, Prescott stepped down, Never faced jail or any trouble. Amazing, right? And then Thyssen, who you know was his German partner in steel, was jailed. Uh, He like escapes to Argentina where he dies in 1951. And his 1.5 million of his assets that were seized was released to good old Prescott Bush. Like, amazing. He funded the Nazis. His partner, who doesn't have the political clout in America, gets caught. They seize all the assets. Prescott doesn't even get in trouble; he gets rewarded with the 1.5 million in assets that Dyson had. So Prescott wasn't just corrupt, immoral, another merchant of death. He was also a eugenicist. He helped finance the eugenicist movement, which passed sterilization laws that of anyone deemed unfit. Our laws served literally as the basis for the Nazi laws, and uh, lots of Nazi research. Was funded by Rockefeller, Carnegie, Harriman's, Bush. Uh, Mary Harriman was, you know, the the wife of one of the Harriman people. Uh, donated land, buildings, and three hundred thousand dollars for eugenics office in nineteen ten in New York, which is still there. It's now used as the Human Genome Project building. In nineteen thirty two, New York hosted three international federations on eugenics at the Museum of History. Anyone of unfit or mentally inferior, sickly, insane, or criminal were encouraged to be sterilized. Hermann had paid local charities of immigration to go to crowded cities and subject Jews, Italians, and other immigrants to either deportation, confinement, or forced sterilization. So Prescott's buddy was also Margaret Sanger, who was the founder of Planned Parenthood she was a firm believer in sterilizations. She coined the term human waste, referencing people she thought of was lesser stock. Prescott was even the treasurer of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. And in 1946, the Sterilization League, which was uh, you know Prescott's groups, forced a town in North Carolina to for their children to take an intelligence test. Anyone below this, you know, um, relative IQ of 70 of some tests were cut open and literally sterilized. And the Eugenics Society was, head, was headquartered where? Of course, Yale University. So a quick break for our sponsor. Uh, check out Mystified Podcast. So we spend so much time, you know, I try to take a break from the conspiracy and truth-seeking world. It just gets me frustrated and angry. I just want to shake people and shake things. But, um, and I hate like supporting Hollywood and watching these corrupt people that are jamming propaganda down our throats, trying to brainwash us and make a certain way of thinking. I try my best to look at uh, like local people that are doing something like me because they love it and enjoy it. Right. That's like the bet you can feel that positive energy, you know. So Mystified podcasts they talk about strange stories, podcasts that are exploring everything from hauntings to true, true crime. Uh, it's like a very laid back, you know, vibe. They're having drunken conversations and has rabbit holes just like we have in the conspiracy world. So when you get a chance, maybe after the show, check, check out Mystified Podcast on uh, pot, most podcasting platforms. I don't want to say all, but probably all, you know. And uh, just sit back, relax, and enjoy something that you know is made by people that aren't uh, doing occult uh, rituals, right? So yes, Mystified Podcast. Thanks for le- check them out. And I'll get back to the show. So last spot I left off was the eugenics movement headquartered was in, of course, Yale University. So the, co- the author of the book that I was reading and I'll post it, I already forgot. I think it's called Jeb. He's not like a true seeker. All the facts he posted here are, are, you know, presented were all provable, footnoted, like I said. But what do we see already in this story? We see powerful families of secret societies paving the way for depopulation, genocide, slavery. Like these are truly evil people. They were not confused, they were not, you know, like ignorant. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they are doing their best to live out like a group mutual goal of evil. And again, what does that mean? Like, are they Satanists? Are they Luciferians? Are they Sabbat and Frankist? I think they are something, right? I have no 100% proof to back this up, but we literally see a father son duo doing the saint funding both sides of the war, extending the war, making it last longer, which they these families have done for generations, right? And we'll get into the later Bushes in the next episode. But all these people, they're literally like they focus on goods, service, goods, like products, and they don't care who they step on, who they kill, or what happens. So, it, and then they marry each other and continue doing it, right? It's, it's just crazy. So, kind of, I just wanted to say that real quick. But in uh, 1948, 1950, uh, Preston's old boss, Avril, Harriman. He was in charge of the multi billion dollar Marshall Plan to rebuild Europe. So these countries are needing huge sums of money to borrow and uh, they buy equipment from us. So these bankers, of course, are rolling in the dough yet again. They just funded a war to kill, to just demolish Europe. And don't worry, they'll be nice enough to help and give money to these countries with the crazy uh, interest rates. So Prescott, he decides to run for political office because why the hell not? Uh, Korean War starts, and who do they ask for as a national security advisor? Well, of course, the Harriman bro- Harriman team, and just like again, these people, they're not—they're asked because they're forced to. Like they're these politicians are so corrupt, they have so much money dedicated to them from these people that if they say they want to be on something and there's a reason why they want to be wants to be national security advisor he's going to choose again who gets what who contract and all these things so prescott he runs for office he doesn't win his first political race because uh he supported birth control pills which may seem like nothing now but at the time they were illegal and these people but these people they're not again not doing birth control and all these things out of the kindness of their heart. They're trying to cut off people that they deem unfit of having children from not having children and supporting this depopulation agenda. So luckily at this time in America, good, honest Christians and Jewish people, they did not support his views. So he loses the race. But what is this? A Connecticut senator, James O'Brien McMahon, dies at the young age of 48. McMahon also was happening to assist the U.S. Attorney General of the criminal division relating to Nazi war crimes, and he was a part of the group that seized Bush's buddies assets and Bush himself. So, McMahon died suddenly and randomly, totally, totally random, It had no correlation. Prescott Bush was picked to take his place. So, this episode was a little bit longer than I expected. I wanted to do Jeb, and maybe I'll do like a thread of Jeb. Or I'll just throw in a quick episode in the middle of next week. Next week, and uh, but I will be working on good old Poppy and W for next week as well. So that is the story of the beginning of the Merchants of Death. I believe this Bush family has literally been evil from the rip. They started in Germany. They have ties to German occult secret societies. Rub shoulders with families like the Russell family, which is a 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. Uh, Rockefellers, another, Harriman, another, and many more. It, it gets to like a point that how do all these people just see money? You know, like I'm sure money and power are addicting, but at what cost? And these people don't care the cost. So either they are like totally narcissistic people or all, all of them are like super narcissistic, or there's something greater at play here. And whether that's a cult worship, uh, reptilian bloodline. so there's something like these people aren't just money hungry in my mind. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I saw Bush was trending earlier today and uh, next week I'll give you the info to make sure that anyone that ever says that complete ridiculousness, you will have a long list of the things George Bush has done and uh, I'll give you hints probably it's pretty much the same exact heinous acts and moves that his family made before him. So if you can follow me on Twitter, please do, conspiracy or JC, support the show. Um, if you want, it's on the the anchor conspiracy or just a coincidence. It says support on like that homepage. Please if you can though, at least share and rate the podcast, leave a comment and uh, help bring in people that are interested in learning the truth. So that is it for this week. This weekend I'll be hanging with my fiance, probably not on Twitter. Twitter I will be swimming, reading, and relaxing with my cats. But as always, keep reading, keep learning, keep fighting the fight, and I'll see you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening. 18 plus.